county. <laughs> all right, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I don't even know what that was. Um, you, you know what that Please is. Please keep all of this in the you, you, know, you know, this is going at this is going in the beginning. No. What's in the basement? Ruby. Just give me a more. You and your lady friend go in and out of there at all hours of the day, and I want to know why. William, what's wrong? You're listening to TV Zone Podcast Presents Lovecraft Country. Developed by Misha Green, who also serves as an executive producer. The drama horror Lovecraft Country is about a young African-American war veteran who travels across the 1950s segregated United States in search of his missing father. This series is not only about the survival, both the racist terror of white America, but also the horrific emerging Lovecraft monsters. Today, we're talking about episode five, Strange Case. I'm your host, Zena Dixon. Joining me are my two co-hosts, Jay Giles of TV Zone Podcast. Hello, hello. And Jenks, writer at Bloody Disgusting and host of Scream Addicts. Hey, how are you? Okay, guys. So just a quick synopsis. I actually did one this time. So basically, you know, this episode, I feel, is more about Ruby. And pretty much after she makes like a deal with... William, uh, she has the opportunity to step into the shoes of a white woman. Not only that, Atticus, uh, he decides to beat the crap out of his father. And you can't really blame him, but there's just some, you know, some stuff going on there. And um, it scares Letty, and she's very disturbed. And, you know, Montrose, he gets comfort um, from his secret lover. So we are halfway... (laughs) You know, we're at the halfway point with this series, which is really sad because um, we kind of already talked about it a little bit. I'm, I'm really going to miss the series already. And um, I don't know about you guys, but throughout this episode, I was getting Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, as well as an American werewolf in London vibes. So, um, but I'm just interested to know, like, um, what are your thoughts on, just very general, what are your thoughts on this episode? And what do you feel like it focused on? Besides from Ruby, of course. Me, um, I, I, I really dug the episode. I have some thoughts on it, of course, and I'm sure we'll dive in. Some things are a little, um, uh, I, I, concerning isn't the right word, but curious. And you know, much like the end of the uh, episode last week, it seems like this episode has been uh, more than a little divisive, and there's a little controversy around, you know, some of the choices that were made. But overall, admittedly, like. I kind of love the episode. You know, I'm a, I'm a complete nerd for uh, Jekyll and Hyde stories. And so when the episode opens with the title Strange Case, I was just kind of like, oh, this is <laughs> this could be fantastic. And uh, yeah, I mean, all of this stuff, it, it does seem like our three heroes kind of took a backseat this week, even though what little bit of time we got to spend with them was, uh, you know, potent. I mean, it was, you know, uh, it didn't feel like anything was wasted story wise whenever we do cut to them. But yeah, otherwise, Ruby definitely takes center stage, and I mean, in a really fantastic kind of way, you know, generally when shows they feel the need to kind of like take a kind of a side avenue with another character, you know, sometimes those episodes can feel like, you know, a bit of filler, mm-hmm. whereas in this case, I mean, <laughs> you know, this episode almost makes the case that the show could be about her. She right. could be the lead. Like there is, there is a version of this story I think that simply follows her that I think would be just as fascinating and just as compelling as the show that we've been watching up until this point. So overall, I would, I would definitely give it a thumbs up. But I'm, I'm very curious to dive into some aspects of it later on. Absolutely, especially with what you said about the, about the title. 
strange case, I kind of was like, oh, I kind of felt that that's exactly what they were going to touch on with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. What about you, Jay? Um, I mean, I was, I was fully invested in this episode. Um, so it's a couple of st- things that we will, of course, talk about later. Um, I was like, huh, okay, so we're going there. All right. <laughs> but uh, overall, uh, I-, I really enjoyed the episode. Um, and like Jinx said, th- this really was the Ruby show um right and everything and you did you just kind of want to see more of her story being told and and actually i was actually anytime they cut to atticus and letty and even montrose a few times i was like no let's go back to ruby i want to see what's going on with her and and this whole hillary thing i I wanted more of that so yeah i was just (laughs) truly invested in that whole aspect of the episode so well, I'm right there with you both. I was very invested as well um, with it. And I was really excited about it. it it's not that I, I wasn't like a huge fan of uh, episode four. I, I like that episode as well. But this one really kept me on my toes. It's like, I feel like this show really just keeps on getting better. And, um, you know, for me, I really enjoyed, you know, know or getting to know Ruby, you know, Um, This is what she wanted. And I kind of just feel like, you know, when it comes to as cheesy as it sounds, you know, being comfortable in your own skin, even though literally Ruby had to learn how to be comfortable in her own skin. Um, But it's also the same thing with with Montrose. You know, last week we were talking about his sexual orientation uh, because Tree, he brought that up. So it's not really surprising, um, but it it was nice to see that dance sequence after, you know, he was uh, partying with his secret lover. So, yeah, it was nice seeing that dance sequence. Um, It it was shot, like, awesomely, but I felt like that was kind of like a rebirth. And then even with us seeing, like, there was, like, a lot of butterflies, you know, throughout the episode and, Obviously, butterflies, that mean, you know, it's like a metamorphosis for, for rebirth and, you know, which I think is awesome. Yeah, there is a lot of transformation in this episode. Um, as a matter of fact, I think, you know, I, I think it it's arguably, I think, the only characters who don't sort of make any sort of transformation uh, would be Tick and Letty. Uh, right. But everyone else, you know, they kind of have their moment where, you know, they, they become another version of themselves, uh, whether that's meant to be a uh, better version or a worse version, or maybe just, you know, maybe that's a question mark for them, but, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but I did think that was very interesting. And I love that it kind of, you know, just the image of the butterflies, you know, sort of tied in thematically. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really dug that aspect. But I might, you know, I, I kind of want to argue with you, Jinx. So, um, something, something to bring up. I know. I'm always picking on you. I don't know. Okay. I quit. But, uh, <laughs> But something that comes up, you know, uh, I kind of feel like with Tick, um, there's kind of two sides of him, you know, and it's just obviously I'm really looking forward to next week because we're going to, you know, know more of his backstory and actually meet Gia. Um, that, that, that's her name, right? Uh, um, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Well, I tend to indeed be like Jillian or something. No, it's not. Anyway, but <laughs> but no, it's um. I'm really just looking forward to 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 seeing that because you know sometimes I feel like we have there's like different types of tick, which obviously we all have like different sides. But you know, there's that calm and collective one, the man that we met on the first episode who was reading his book, didn't have a problem with helping that woman with her bags. Um, and then there's angry tick who was violently beating his father. Can I ask, how did you feel about what, what do you think spurred on the beating? Do you think it, do you think that Tick realizes that Montrose killed Yahima or do you think it was more his anger over the pages being burned and, you know, kind of his birthright being kept from him yet again by this guy? Uh, all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> and also of course you know as he says in the episode you know they had a very tumultuous relationship when he was younger too so I think 
it was a culmination of all of that pent up anger in him and just came out in that moment. So mm-hmm. it's it's not a great relationship. I feel like, no. you know, from this point on, these guys are just gonna punch each other hello from this point on. Like it just Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. Yeah, and it was crazy about it is that through this it helps Montrose um, go find his true self, I guess. But it's really unfortunate because, you know, uh, Montrose and Tick, they were making some progress. Um, but it, it seems like I kind of felt like Tick was more upset because of his birthright. And that's what he wants to know. It's like he's just become a little bit obsessed, just a little bit, which is understandable, you know. Um, but I mean, I think it also has to do as well, like you previously said, just with the relationship. You know, and who knows that that's probably a lot of pent up anger, you know, in there. That he just re- like unleashed on him. Yeah. So. Uh, no, no just, go ahead. I was just going to say, it, I, I guess it's like the, the whole thing of, you know, when the child finally gets to the point of where they can overtake, you know, the parent who's been abusing them, you know, the majority of their life you know, you take that opportunity. Cause I mean, it's kind of been alluded to also throughout this, you know, the series that Montrose was real hard on him when he was younger. So, you know, that goes with, you know, he probably was beating him and stuff like that. And so now that he's a man and now he can overpower his father. So yeah. You right. Know. Okay. So I kind of wanted to talk about Ruby and how she learned about, you know, magic and that magic is real. And even like the power of transformation. What do you guys think about? Let's just, yeah. What do you think about what's been going on with Ruby? Oh, man. Um, wow. Um, <laughs> so last week, of course, we get the whole thing with her and William, um, you know, and we thought that was going to be. Well, no, I shouldn't say we thought that was going to be the extent of where their relationship went. But this week, when it opens with this woman, oh, you know, lying in bed, this white woman and that, and it's like she freaks out because of what she sees, you know, herself, and and she goes, you know, stumbling in the streets or whatnot, and it's like, oh, I'm I'm Ruby, and it's like, huh? It's like, wait a minute. But then when you when I because when I looked at her, I was like that's that freaking woman that had those damn evil dogs. Mean dogs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, right. So I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, what the heck is going on? I thought she was dead. That's what I'm saying to myself. It's like, oh, I'm Ruby. I'm like, huh? I was like, oh, so William did something to her. And then we, and then we find out like what exactly was going on. And that kind of freak, because at first I thought that he did that, he might have did some type of get out type of thing to her, you know? And it's like, oh, no. Okay, so it's more of a transformation type of thing. So, okay. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, it is kind of a great horror moment. Uh, you know, when she wakes up and has that reaction and it goes to her actually, you know, being on the streets and then, you know, the, the, the cops pull up and, you know, what follows follows, which is just, like there is kind of, it's a strange kind of horror where, you know, our, well, this episode's lead character finds themselves in a situation they can't possibly understand, but eventually they kind of, you know, it, it goes from being horror to being something along the lines of like, in a weird way, like wish fulfillment, because she, she goes and gets to work for the store that she wanted to. And then she, kind of you know you feel like there was a bit of jealousy on her part toward uh oh my god um tamara uh, tamara thank you uh because she you know one imagines i don't think it's ever actually said but one imagines that she felt that the job was kind of taken uh out from under her by tamara who kind of applied on a whim and so she gets to sort of you know there there's that great little bit of like mild revenge that she takes on her part you know um, so, so it's weird how the episode wrestles with that, but then, you know, it kind of circles all the way back around to horror again, once we see the extent of the transformation, you know, and once we see how she decides to, you know, I, I, I get the feeling by the end of the episode that this is something that 
she doesn't necessarily feel that she ever has to do again. She's obviously not going to be working in that store again, but what she decides to do to uh, sort of <laughs> uh, send off her alternate personality is kind of horrific in its own right. So yeah, I, I just, I love that. I love the full circle there as far as like, uh, you know, the kind of genre tropes it was playing with. Absolutely. And I, I think for, for me, to be honest with you, we really didn't see before this episode, we really didn't see too much of Ruby. She was kind of just like a side side character. Um, but I felt like she made like a strong impression, you know, with the viewers because, you know, we saw, we clearly see that she's a strong woman with goals. Um, and, you know, the actress, her performance alone is just amazing, you know. Um, but yeah, just to see that she, that's what she really, really wants. You know, she wanted to work at that store. What was it? Marshall Fields. That's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Um, Marshall Fields. And, you know, once she sees there's already a girl working there, um, you know, the disappointment, you know, and that's like unfortunate, but it, it's like a black tokenism, you know. And, you know, it's, it's a trope that we've seen many, many times before. So for her to even try this or, you know, to, to, to take that potion, it really didn't even take William that much um, convincing. She kind of just was, she wanted to do it. And then I felt like she kind of saw, like, the power of, like, white femininity you know, so, and I mean, it's just, I feel like it was just a very strong episode overall, you know, she even was telling William, I don't know if you guys remember, um, just that she didn't have to pay for anything, mm -hmm. you know, she didn't have to pay for anything, and then even when she um, applied to Marshall Fields, she applied as a sales associate, but she was hired as an assistant manager, and even though she still had or, you know, clearly she still has, like, the experience, you know. Um, she basically just changed the name on the resume, as an example. And, uh, you know, the manager, he was very impressed. It, it's sad. <laughs> it's sad. But it's just, like, you know, I think that she was, you know, really enjoying it. But, obviously, overall, um, you know, she was able to, I feel like, examine, like, the, the different type of power that she has. You know, not only when she was, um, while she's a white woman, but even as a black woman, even as a woman in general. So I don't know. It's just, uh, it, it's pretty, it's pretty powerful to see. And especially when we see that Ruby, she starts to become angry with certain things, mm -hmm. um, even with some of her coworkers. So I really like that. And then, of course, you know, they keep on playing Cardi B. And, you know, I don't mind. So, so you just sit back and, and you enjoy the ride. But I'm going to talk about, I'm sorry, I, I think I'm talking so much, but I kind of wanted to talk about the, the, the gore and the transformation before we dive into William. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I got the impression. I was like, is this, did, did they watch A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2? <laughs> you know, as far as with you know, Freddie coming out of Jesse, we're like, did they watch that? And kind of like, yeah, we want to do something similar ish to that, but make it more of a werewolf ish type of thing. Because mm -hmm. it, it, it kind of had that feeling to it. Because I mean, when she started having those ticks and everything, it's like, okay, what exactly is going on there? Because you know, you know, right. we haven't seen it at that point until they actually show the transformation. Is where you know she basically sheds off the skin and reforms herself and it's like whoa like wow that was so yeah I, I mean the special effects in this episode was i mean great and like i said i just got that kind of feeling that and also too later when we talk about somebody else who transforms um or not that scene reminded me of american werewolf in london when uh, mm -hmm. david makes the you know his transformation you know when he's sitting there and he starts to change and that's i mean that's still one of the top you know transformation scenes of all time in my opinion but yeah they just they really went there with it and it doesn't i mean i, I like the fact that they they didn't glorify it as far as the transformation they made it seem you know like this is a horrific thing to have to go through and it it hurts you know to go right. through that oh my whatnot so yeah, absolutely. And it, you know, you talk about it being kind of like a werewolf transformation. It reminds me a lot of, 
definitely the final one, which uh, I hope we get to. But uh, yeah, that's definitely an American werewolf. But like Ruby's transformation reminded me almost of uh, like, I think they did it on. Um, oh, what is the Netflix series? Uh, it's one of the first. It was a horror series that Eli Roth produced. Um, oh, Hemlock Grove. I can't remember. Hemlock Grove. Grove. Thank yeah. you so much. But even that was taken, I think, from uh, like an old Swamp Thing comic. The idea that, you know, they don't do the Wolfman thing where the hair sprouts and, you know, things pop around and disjoint and like, you know, change that way. Instead, it's kind of like, okay, the person that you're seeing right now is just like a um, like a suit. And, you know, the werewolf inside shreds that suit and comes out and it felt like that's how the transformation sequence was handled with uh, with Ruby a bit, you know, because it seems like who she was just sort of like sloughed off in a way, revealing her underneath. But I love that they did it. It wasn't clean at all. I love that it was actually a really gory, really painful looking yes. transformation, especially the very first time when uh, William has to sort of aid her with, you know, a knife, you know, which is just so it's like, you know, you're watching those opening moments like what? the hell is going on there <laughs> is she dead is she not dead okay she's not dead but how is she not dead and what do you guys think about christina's transformation and i mean well her secret which we we kind of we discussed this last week so it really yeah. wasn't much of a surprise well it i oh sorry good no 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 good no well i was just wondering did you ever there was some dialogue and i can't remember verbatim but there was some dialogue at a certain point in the episode that seemed to hint that William at one point had been kind of his own person in -hmm. a way. So I, you know, much like Ruby's uh, alternate personality seems to come from a character that we've already met. I'm wondering if Christina like wears his skin as, well, then again, I mean, we we have to ask like, who's who's the real one? Who is the the base version of that character? Is it Christina or is it William? Like personally, I feel like it's Christina, and she's kind of wearing William's visage as maybe I don't know a tribute of some sort, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe not. But uh, but I don't know. I I just want to know how she didn't. You know, uh, there were so many hints at this, and you know, we've talked about it before. But I love ultimately like how it's revealed. Uh, almost like as an afterthought at the end of this episode. I thought it was a really clever way to finally just, you know, pull back that curtain. Right. Oh, yes. Um, and, I mean, when when it actually happens, I mean, I was I actually went, yes! You know, like, <laughs> yes! Because it, it, <laughs> it, it just, it was just too much of, okay, we, we never see the two of them at the same time, in the same space. Or anything. It's like, okay, there's something there's something up. And then last week's episode just kinda really, you know, hit it over the hit it over the fence of where she goes into the house and then not even a minute later he's coming out like, huh? Like really? Okay. Right. And yeah, it's it's just interesting. And she alludes to the fact that the old police captain had something to do with William's murder, too. So can 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 we can we talk about Frankenstein's monster like yes. the the what the hell is going on there <laughs> like I I have questions that need to be answered there yeah let's let's start you start first who me I I I don't know I it's it's all a big <laughs> like I <laughs> that that scene when Ruby is hiding one uh Mister Mister Tongueless in the closet is that that's that's question number one um question number two is when he's changing his shirt at a distance mm-hmm. i you know at a glance it's just kind of like oh what's 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 going on there like is he wearing like you know because it, it is so far away and it's her point of view it's like it almost looked like he was wearing another shirt or something like that but then when you finally see him in close-up and you realize it's like Oh no, that's his, and that's his skin, and there's stitching, and mm. you know it looks like his arms and his head have been like grafted mm. onto another man's body, and it's just like, what the hell is the story there? You know that he was smelly too, you know. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no,
the other, the other guy is sure to bet he wasn't. So. <laughs> no, but um, you know, it's it makes me wonder again with you know with Lancaster. Um, just what is what's the deal with him? You know, and why why is Christina so set on getting rid of him or keeping an eye on him? And we kind of touched on it, I believe, last week. But it's just at this point. You know, I know that we're going to see him again, obviously. What if that the body of him is actually was William? And, and I mean, that would, that would kind of, I think that would be kind of a stretch. But, but then again, for this show, it wouldn't be. Because they allude to also to that, that freaking doctor, uh, was it Heinrich? I believe um he he was doing some some weird stuff to people so right. what if i mean he you know killed william and killed the uh, the captain too and then like merged their bodies together and brought back the police captain and that's mm. actually that was actually william and she knows this so that's why she probably has this you know, animosity, such disdain for him or whatnot. That could be. I mean, that is that is some like Doctor Mengele level, like just <laughs> screwery. There, it's just why? Why do that? Like, why stop it? I mean, it's Lovecraft. Why? <laughs> why? Why? Stop, why? Stop being evil. Just stop it. Okay, a question for for you both. Okay, would you want to experience this magical potion if you could transform into anyone for a couple of hours? Uh, it, I guess so, it depends on it, it depends on the person that I would be transforming into. <laughs> you, you have that choice, so who? I have that choice. Uh... Well, I'm giving you a choice. I'm I'm the magical girl that gets to say. Okay. Well. Uh... Yeah, I probably would. I mean, it'd probably be some being John Malkovich type stuff or whatnot, but yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. James? Me? I don't know that I, I would need to transform into somebody specifically, but the idea of transforming into somebody else would be fantastic simply because I... I, you know, we, we always want to know, like, how, you know, you get the feeling that nobody can ever really know anybody completely, you know? But, the, you know, an extension of that is possibly, like, you never know how you're regarded by others fully, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, and sometimes that, you know, that bothers some folks, and some folks it doesn't bother at all. Me, you know, sometimes I wonder. And uh, there is that great scene in this episode where Ruby, you know, kind of gets to not even be a fly on the wall, but actually hang out behind the curtain and hear about like what her coworkers are like and what they say when, you know, Tamara isn't around and like who they really are. And I, I think that in its own way would be a superpower. Um, so that to me would be absolutely fascinating. Like I would, I, so in that regard, I would be like, you know what, change me into anybody, literally anybody else. And I would find a way to make that useful. Nice. You know what? Yes. Yes, I would. Um, I would like to experience the magical potion. I'm interested. I would like to be a man. I would want to see what it is like to be a man, any kind of man. I mean, I would I would be like really good looking and I would dress really great because I dress great now. But what does that have to do with anything? So, so, so in other words, so in other words, you're you're Christina and you would change into William. I got you. Okay. I most likely would because it's just to be honest with you, in a way I definitely understand. And we've we've seen as the viewers, there's there's a big difference. Yeah, yeah, it truly is. So, um, unfortunately. So yeah, I just I just thought that was that was really cool. But I don't you know what I think is pretty cool with Ruby, um, she likes the person who she is. You know, um, even when she was being hard on Tamara, I think that she was just being hard on her because it was kind of a reflection, a reflection for Ruby of herself, because when you think about it, you know, um, she worked really hard. 
she had like the the background for it you know um she was a hard worker but when you see Tamara and you hear that she she didn't even finish high school yeah. um she didn't have any experience and it's just kind of like you know even with that whole speech that well her alter ego Hillary gave her but just the fact that she has to work harder you know um that being as good is not enough and um honestly it's it's the truth i i feel that way i feel that way as a black woman i feel that way as a woman so i understand why she was telling her that do you think i think you're entirely right but do you also feel like maybe on a certain level she was enjoying it a bit just because absolutely yeah yeah it it, it did it did get to the point in this episode where it felt like i don't know about you guys but it felt a little bit as if Hillary was kind of taking over a little bit like she was like she was yeah. like really becoming Hillary to a certain point right. so well it's like there was almost like a certain kind of like you know I, I think it was so smart that she was you know they had that character immediately given an assistant manager promotion because like that that's a measure of power that right. she was given all of a sudden and so you know the idea that even at that level, even in a department store, you know, even that like minute amount of power that somebody would have in that setting, like power still corrupts no mm -hmm. matter, you know, no matter the measure. And right. uh, and so even this character that we kind of, you know, love up until this point, like she she is corrupted kind of like quickly by it, not to any great degree, I don't think. But right. just the fact that she would take that moment and, you know, in a way, I, I don't think it was any sort of grand revenge uh, that she was taking on Tamara. But it was, you know, like you said, not only in a weird way was she trying to help her by pointing out, you know, that what she was doing wasn't going to be enough. But it was almost the sense that she she was able to fully realize that she was the best person for the job and mm -hmm. it should have been hers and she would have done it better. But she wasn't given that opportunity, so you know I think that's, I think it's kind of justified the uh, the amount of pleasure she took in that one moment, even if it does signal the fact that it was it was corrupting her just a bit. I agree. You know, there was definitely she was experiencing you know that that privilege and so much respect, um, free ice cream. You know, I know that that could really like <laughs> get to someone's head. Um, it would me. I mean. It would to me. You know, free ice. cream. But seriously, though, um, I kind of wanted to talk about, um, I was going to talk about the, the, the shoe, you know, the stiletto hill. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> because that's, that is, that is part of the controversy that I've read, you know, that's, that's twofold. But yeah, that is, I, I'm very curious to hear how it played for, for you too. It was. For me, it was very shocking. It was un unexpected, you know, and I didn't know what she, I, I thought that she was like stabbing him in his like his cheeks. I was like, why would she do that? And, no, not. She was not doing that. And I was. It was a very um, oh, painful scene to watch. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, after that, what do you do? Do you what happens? To, like what? What can you do? You just you, you just never disappear. look at a pair of high heels the same way. <laughs> and that yeah. is... I mean, he still works there. You think that he told what happened? Most likely not. No, he went to no this uh no Hillary. She turned into this black woman and she stabbed me in my ass. No, she's not gonna. No, of course not. He's not gonna tell that. He, he might have to take a personal day or two <laughs> after that. He but might well, end up in a mental hospital after that. I don't know. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, that's uh <laughs> you can't come probably a that. far more strict uh strict interviewing process for the next assistant manager <laughs> is gonna have to happen for him to feel comfortable. He should just life. quit. Right. <laughs> but he was also not saying that he deserved that, but he was also a Creeper, you know, I thought that she was going to record him hitting on her and then send it to corporate, you know, um, I guess not. So, yeah. What, what are you guys thoughts? I mean, she's from the south side of Chicago. She had to, you know, give her own justice, I guess, you know. Yeah. So. Well, and there's the sense, too, I think, between his kind of 
weird sort of leering advances mm. on her, but also like what she witnessed outside of um, uh, the club. Uh, yeah. Yep. You know, it, it. we never see any, you know, I mean, that was bad enough, certainly, but we never see him attack anybody, but we get the feeling that if he hasn't before, then it's probably in his future, you know? Yeah. And uh, so in a sense, like, there, there is the feeling that it's kind of, like, justified in a way, but, and, uh, I don't know, I, I, being 100% honest, like, when I saw that scene, like, yeah, it's kind of a, you know, weirdly fist pumping moment because this is obviously a bad guy and something bad happens to him. And that's the only way it registered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hopped on to uh, Twitter and I noticed there was a little controversy surrounding that. And they're definitely worth reading uh, these write ups about each of the episodes. And of course, you know, they had issues with the ending of uh, last week's episode. Um, with this week's episode, they had two issues that. And I read them, and there's one that I completely understand, and one that's a little bit lost on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the one that I completely get, they're talking about Montrose's sort of, you know, we talked about this episode being a bit of a transformation. His, because we've spent so little time with him, it feels like there's something, and this is, I'm not using their words, I'm not quoting, but... I see where they're coming from, where it almost feels kind of disingenuous that he is... Uh, he goes through that so quickly, even after we've spent so little time with him, it's ultimately as though the episode is taking kind of a cheap and quick way out by saying, you know, it's if you have this internalized homophobia, all you really need to do is spend like one night in a safe space and then, you know, hey, you're good. Yeah. You know, and I and to quote, I think uh, I think that it's shorthand and I found it vaguely insulting. And I get that. Like, I completely understand where he's coming from on that. The one thing that they mentioned, the second thing that really bugged them that I I don't quite understand, and I would be very curious to see since we're talking about the shoe, um, is the idea that by having that specifically happen, um, you know, they they noted that. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll try and quote around this, but you know, well, actually, I'll go ahead and say. Given that he tried to, I mean, it looked like he was going to assault a woman at the club, um, or it could just be an extension of Ruby's power trip. Neither one of those responses excuses the fact, and I am quoting directly, excuses the fact that we have another piece of media that posits that men having things shoved up their ass is the ultimate revenge. This is the second explicitly homophobic episode in a row. Um, now, I, I, I don't understand that being homophobic in the sense that it I think it's a difference between having characters in a show that are homophobic and having a show that's homophobic and I think there's a line there now I'm, I'm talking as a straight guy so mm-hmm. you know I can't tell anybody what to be offended by you know in this regard you know but at the same time like by having you know that line, a piece of media that posits that men having things shoved up their ass is the ultimate revenge. Well, the thing is, for many straight men, having something shoved up their ass probably would count as the ultimate revenge. Sure. Like, right. getting a stiletto shoved up your backside, like, several times over mm-hmm. is pretty high on the list for what the ultimate revenge would be. Now, you consider the fact that this guy was obviously you know, at best a creep, at worst somebody who was either guilty of or would eventually be guilty of, you know, assaulting somebody, then to me there's almost kind of like a crypt keeper level style of justice going up on here. Like it's it's almost to me it played like an appropriate comeuppance. But again, you know, that's merely coming from my point of view. But I think from even that character's point of view. You know, the guy who's getting assaulted, like, I, I'm i pretty sure he feels like it would be the ultimate revenge. So I'm wondering how offensive, say, the showrunners meant that to be, if at all. And I'm wondering how you all took that and how you all read both the show and also that reaction to it. Huh. Um. Well, me personally, I, I didn't even think about it like that. Um, I was just looking at it as, okay, here's, 
Hillary slash Ruby, you know, feeling she needs to do what she needs to do because through the course of the episode, you know, there are the instances of her having to deal with racial things from both sides, from the eyes of a white woman and from the eyes of a black woman. Um, Cause we didn't even talk about what William asked her to be the, you know, be a freaking servant at this party or whatnot. And she would, you know, she just had this bitter look on her face the whole time because she spent so much time now as Hillary. It was almost like it was beneath her to have to do this in, in, in a sense. Um, but I, but as far as it being, I don't, like I say, it's, it's hard for me to, like I say, cause I didn't think about it like that. I, I guess I was more just inclined of watching the outcome of that scene more so because it could have went like three different ways. And that was the way they went. I mean, they could have had her freaking chop his thing off if they really wanted, you know, to go that route. I mean, that that's a form of ultimate revenge too, you know, but yeah. Um, but then the, the whole thing about Montrose, I mean, that is kind of, that was kind of being set up because why was that line from tree thrown in there? You know, it, you know, it was just brought up saying, Oh, well, you know, you know, your father been hanging out with, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's been hanging, spending a lot of time with him and everything. It's like, okay, well, we know that he's, you know, gay because the first time we see him, what's going on there and everything. And, but as far as like, reading really deep into either one of those things me personally i really didn't maybe i don't know maybe i was just too much of just looking at those instances at face value more so than anything so to to be honest with you you know like jay said i i didn't see it um that way and i'm not trying to tell anyone who you know what they should be offended by and what they should not be offended by and I don't feel, though, with the writers that their intentions, um, again, were to be insulting. Um, because even with this episode, as we were talking about, it is about transformation, you know, for just the body and, and the spirit, right? Just basically about your identity. I just felt like this episode, it empowered just honestly black women and queer black men you know um and i know what happened with, with that guy was it was something super violent but and not again not saying that he did he deserved this at all because yes yeah, she could have burned down the store she could have slit his throat she could have <laughs> chopped off a body part you know um i just think that they they thought it could be something brutal if that makes sense yeah. You know, I, and I wonder too how much of it is simply this scene and whether or not there's perhaps a, you know, uh, kind of like a cumulative effect happening where, okay, maybe if there was just the, you know, the stiletto scene, then it would be fine. But then there's a stiletto scene with Montrose's kind of like sped up transformation that maybe wasn't given its full due in the same way that maybe, you know, Ruby, I felt like even for being a supporting character has been, you know, we know what this episode means for her. You know, she's been appropriately set up so that like what happens with her in this episode is fully paying off everything that's been set up with in regards to that character up until this point. But then that comes on top of the end of the last episode with Yahima. And then that comes on top of like, you know, I, I, I think one of the early moments in the show, like even back in the first episode, which admittedly didn't even register me, it registered all to me, was like, you know, I, there is a tick walking into the bar and he walks outside in pursuit of somebody. And, right. you know, we have like this, you know, blowjob scene that's treated like this shady back alley dealing, you know. And it's like, I, I just wonder if the, and I would love to have a conversation with uh, either of the gentlemen who, you know, wrote that blog and I'd actually like to tweet at them later and just ask them, you know, a couple of questions. But I, I wonder if it's the fact that the stiletto scene itself is so disturbing in its own right, or I wonder if it's just one more thing 
piled on top of a few other things that's maybe a bit concerning. I mean, I, I wonder that as well, but I something that does, you know, pop into my brain, they filmed when they, not when they filmed it, but it was taking place in the 1950s. Yes. You know, things were a lot, obviously, different back then than, you know, how it is now. And not saying that I'm trying to make up an excuse or anything like that, but um, this whole series is full of metaphors. And not saying the stiletto to the cheeks, that that, that was a metaphor, but <laughs> just a little it's cheeky. not. Just, no, because, you know, I'm, I'm serious. There, there was even a, um, another movie. What was it? The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? There was a Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Girl. So it's just kind of like, I mean, perhaps, you know, as... You both said earlier, as a straight male, that is not, you know, that's that's horrible. You know? And I'm not even just with that. I'm just being honest with you. I mean, who would want getting stabbed by a shoe? Ugh. I don't see anybody wanting that, regardless of, of your sexual orientation. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I agree. So, but no, I, I, I love this. It's like, I'm never, I try to avoid spoilers. So I stay off of Twitter on Sunday nights, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm starting to feel like maybe I should start, you know, participating, you know, during the, the live tweets or, you know, just, I, I mean, I'm interested in knowing people's, people's thoughts, but yeah, if, if you do definitely reach out to the writer, you know, please keep us updated. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. Well, this is a good transition for us to transition. <laughs> good transition to transition. Okay, this is a good time for us to uh, talk about, uh, just before we head out, talk about Montrose and uh, his transformation. <laughs> you know, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, that, that scene where, you know, the day when he goes to kind of like the, it was like a club. Yeah. He was with Sammy and Sammy is the bar owner that we were talking about, who we saw, who was secretly um, having some stuff done in the back alley. I, <laughs> I, I, I do feel like, Jay mentioned this earlier, you know, we did have the scene in the museum from the last episode that set up the notion that Montrose might be gay, but I, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, it does feel like as a character, he was kind of given the short shrift. I don't know that it, I even like beyond representation, just on a level of good storytelling. And keep in mind, I like this episode and I love this series. But even on a level of like good storytelling, I don't know how great an idea it is to introduce to audiences the fact that this character is in fact gay, and then having him obviously having like this internalized homophobia, and having him resolve it. All in the space of three scenes, maybe? Does he have maybe seven or eight minutes of screen time in a one-hour episode? And that's like, you know, it's almost like his story was set to fast forward. You know, which is, and and the thing that kills me about that is, is the scene in the club should be a triumphant moment for him. And it almost, it's so damned well made that it almost gets there anyway. You know, because with the music playing and the dancing and him, you know, uh, finally kissing, you know, uh, uh, his loved one. Like, I, you know, that should be, it should be like the scene in Seconds where Rock Hudson is is in the vat with the girl that he loves shouting, yes, 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 finally, you know. Like, this is a guy who's finally deserved to be, uh, you know, he's he's gotten to the point where he's okay with who he is. And now he's going to just live life and celebrate life, you know? But the thing is, is that Seconds had an hour and 15 minutes devoted solely to that one character to get us to that moment. Whereas in this one, again, it feels like we... It, it feels unearned, in a way, if that makes any sense. Huh. Okay. Um, so, I, I'm, I'm going to throw something out there. Uh, one thing that I've learned about Montrose um this series is that everything that he does it has a purpose to it i feel like i feel like everything that he's done up to this point in the series is it, there is a purpose we might not know what that purpose is but there is a purpose behind every 
action that he does, at least from what we've seen. And mm-hmm. I'm I feel like there's gonna be more to come from this whole thing with him and Sammy or whatnot. I, I can't put my finger on it just quite yet, but I feel like because yes, it, it does feel like it was like Jinx said, set the fast forward with his um story in this episode. Um, but I do feel like there's gonna be more to come from all of that. And maybe it will play a factor into the overall story of in regards to uh, taking his birthright. I'm, I'm I'm still not sure on that, but I just have that feeling because, you know, last episode, you know, at the very beginning with him and everything, like I said, he had that uh, Martin Sheen Apocalypse Now moment in, in his room and everything. It's like, okay, what is going on there? Like, like he's having a freaking breakdown. Like, what, what exactly is happening with him? Oh, um, right. whatnot. But I just feel like because if you notice, he allows Tick to beat him. He doesn't try to fight back. He allows mm-hmm. him to beat him up. And then the next time we see him, he goes to Sammy. And that whole scene between them um is is kind of I felt like it was saying more than than what we were actually seeing to. And then the next time we see him again, he's there in the room with them as they're getting all dressed up. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I, I just feel like we're getting like bits and pieces of his story that I feel by the time the uh, season end is going to be something completely eye-opening in regards to him. Okay. And I could totally see that. I mean, I, you know, much like this episode was fully a Ruby episode, even for the time that we spent with the other characters, it looks like, uh, have you seen the um, preview for next week's episode? Yes. Yes. Like, even, which looks amazing. But I mean, even more than a Tick episode, it looks like a Gia episode. It looks like it's going to be solely focused on her. So, you know, maybe, you know, and surely, you know, even for any sort of, reservations that we may have about the show or whatever it will be important i think to judge the entire work once it's fully completed and seen you know uh maybe we'll have an episode that's fully mantra centric you know i hope so but uh i just i i i feel like that scene might have had more of an impact though if if we had already had one in a way you know um but i don't know i don't know I'm, i'm very curious to see like by the time the last episode wraps up how everything sort of slots into place or doesn't maybe and so do you guys have any other like final thoughts on this episode um it's it's interesting uh i I do want to know exactly what did tick decipher you know and why he had to jump on the phone and make that freaking you know exchange call and everything Mm -hmm. like that what is it that he figured out because they tea they they show it to us but it's like okay what exactly does that say and then they like right when you think you're about to make it out oh they cut away from it. it's like damn it or whatnot but um but yeah I, i'm i'm looking forward to see exactly what he deciphered there and i'm very much looking forward to see um next week's episode as well same here same here i cannot wait i uh even though it sounded like I, it's weird. It sounds like I was like really negative this episode. I actually, in point of fact, I love the episode, but uh, you know, I just, I can't wait to see more. Like, uh, you know, HBO, if you're listening, you can go ahead and drop the rest of the episodes. It's fine. Like we, uh, <laughs> well, they listen last watch time. them all. It's cool. like, you know, uh, yeah, that's what, what the, you know, you can't just release an episode early on a Friday and then not do it again the next week. No, you yes. drop it on a Thursday the next week is how you do that. You don't go back to Sunday after that. Come on. They gotta keep us waiting for it. I, I, I think they did that too because it was Labor Day weekend. So. Oh, smart. <laughs> uh-huh. I guess for me though, like, I mean, like you both, like, I'm definitely looking forward to next week. And um, I overall, I enjoyed this episode, but there are a couple of questions. Like, um, even with Yahima, you know, I'm still wondering if we'll ever see her, see the person again. Um, I'm not too sure if we will or not, you know. 
Um, but I have been, again, enjoying, um, especially about the show, like besides from like the awesome cinematography, the characters, but like the layering of the characters, you know, and the layering of the, like, it's just a very like layered storytelling that they've been doing, um, you know, with the characters and everything. And I, I really enjoy that. But a question I have, um, Hippolyta and D, where are they? How still come on. nobody knows? <laughs> They're still on the road. You know, Tick didn't notice, but that's the thing. They should have been home. Tick didn't notice. Well, Letty didn't notice. Montrose didn't know what is happening. What is happening? Well, and I think it's because they're, they're so caught up with all this stuff. And I mean, I just hope that they're okay. You know, I'm not gonna lie. It was kind of stressing me out that I didn't see anything. Um, and then also just a little side thing. You know, <laughs> Tick really did do a number on his dad's face. You saw his eyes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he looked like he was in a uh, fight with Sonny Liston, you know, back then, wasn't it? So exactly what he looked like. Um, but I, I actually did have one last thing that we completely did not talk about. Um, oh, wait, I have one more thing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you guys heard the song "Bodak Yellow" by Cardi B, right? Yes. Okay, you guys remember the hook? You know, these are red bottoms. <laughs> these scared. are bloody shoes. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, I was screaming. Oh. <laughs> Literally bloody shoes. Okay, no, go ahead, James. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh. That's, you know, I want to see, like, is, is there any sort of tracking done for shoe sales over, like, the, oh. the, the United States? Like, is there one, like, I... I don't know. Is is there like Nielsen ratings for shoe sales? Because I want to know like if stiletto sales increase or decline over the course of this next week. I, mm. I'm just wanting to know what the fallout is here. I'm curious as well. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jay. What were you going to say? No, no. I was going to say we did not talk about Tick and Letty second time. You know, on the car. We we didn't well, talk about that for them it seemed like their relationship is actually blossoming and they're going places like you know what i mean um you know one what I mean. day those crazy kids are gonna make it to a bed i just know it <laughs> i just know it. <laughs> i mean no they of course they did but i mean still <laughs> well yeah. i mean th at least this one they both were into it it wasn't like oh, i'm just gonna come here because i have to you know claim my woman basically you know that whole thing in the bathroom that was like ugh. like really that's 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 how you do it but at least this time if it it did the whole it felt genuine and you know they both were into each other it just wasn't like okay here we are in the bathroom all right let's get it in and all right it's done and, you know, I, I i see i see you out there you know type of thing. and we never saw him like <laughs> We'll, yeah. I, yeah, I'll see you out there. Okay, right? No thing. But uh, one last thing, and Zena, you'll get a kick out of this. Do you think we'll get a um, a tree-centric episode to find out if he got his <laughs> destination safe? No. <laughs> tree, tree is just that little side character, but I'm pretty sure we'll see Tree again. Uh, I hope not. Uh, All right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have anything else? No, I'm 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 good. Okay. I think this is, you know, it just occurred to me, and we don't have to talk about it a lot, but this is the second uh, instance of shoe violence in a horror item this week. Uh, did either of you see the Babysitter Killer Queen? <laughs> well, yes. I haven't seen the first one. Yet. So there's totally a high heel used to attack a guy. Uh, so it just just occurred to me. Um, yeah, that's weird. That's a, that's a that's a weird sort of zeitgeisty thing happening there. Shoe sales. That's all I want to know. The next week, what does shoe sales look like? We all wear them. I mean, I know you. You know, you two wear shoes. Obviously, I don't know if your shoes are as pointy, but no, no, no. You know. But okay, Country airs every Sunday on HBO at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, if you guys haven't listened to our previous discussion on episode four, please do. So, um, Jay, where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on the Twitter at my personal page, the J Giles, or my movie account, uh, 
J Movie Talk as well. And Jinx? Uh, you can find me on, you know what? I'll just go ahead and start here to begin with. You can find me on Instagram at Jinx740941. You can also find me on Twitter. Uh, that's at Jinx1981, J-I-N-X-1981. That's probably where I'll actually spend a little time this evening uh, harassing Xena about the fact that we didn't really devote any of this conversation tonight to her saying uh, Letty's full name. You which have- is a yeah. Which, you know, we have to keep that up every episode. We didn't really do that tonight, and I'm no. I'm a little disappointed in myself. But uh, we only have so many episodes left, so yeah. it's got to happen. It's got to happen. You guys, you can find me on Twitter, Lovely Zena, and on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, Real Queen of Horror. Jay, it's your turn. Peace out. <laughs>